And Sophia was talking about what it may have what it, what been like for that guy to have never seen before, who was born blind, and now he's an adult, and he opened his eyes for the first time. What would that be like? Welcome to this edition of Connecting Faith in Life. I am Mr. Brown. This is sponsored by Proclaim Ministries and our desire to help you connect faith in life. This is first and foremost an audio podcast. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher Radio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. It also will be posted in video format on our app, on our website, and on YouTube. But it's just a um, just a plain video of me on the screen, so nothing too fabulous. But I guess I am fabulous. So if you want to watch, feel free to watch. <laughs> Having fun today. But I do want to jump right into this episode. And the title today is this. Do you, do I, do we believe in the power of the gospel? Do I believe? Do you believe? Do we as followers of Jesus Christ really believe in the power of the gospel? And that is not just a, a theological question or a uh, a in theory, appear, I don't know. It's, it's not about what your mind says to me. It's about in our action. Do we really believe in the go- in the power of the gospel? That that message alone, through God, through the Holy Spirit, will change people's lives? Or do we just think, hmm, and I really want to talk about that because I look at our world today and all the problems we're having in our world today, all the things we see in the media and the news, all the fighting, all the, the wars, all of the, even just the thought. The thoughts that people are having from uh, the LBGTQ plus and from abortion, from all these issues that we see in our culture. And some of them aren't new. They're not new issues. But the question is, how do we engage in the culture? Because we can get on a side and say, hey, uh, let's make some laws to make these things outlawed. These are wrong. But at the end of the day, can we legislate people's hearts and minds? I mean, we can make laws say if you kill someone, then you go to jail. You lose your life, right? You, you don't have the ability to walk around anymore and be free because you did this. But is that our ultimate goal as believers, to change people's destiny here on earth or to change their destiny for eternity? And that's what the power, that's what the gospel is. So what do I mean by the gospel? I'm not just speaking about the Bible in itself, like reading the Bible and, and, and Christianity. Yes, I believe we need to believe that and push that, and that's what it is to become believers. But sometimes I think we push the Bible and truth of God's word, and we don't we don't first start with the gospel. I remember this illustration working with this children's organization I worked with for years, and they used this illustration where they bring a dead plant. It was like an introduction to one of the sessions. They bring a dead plant into the room, and they do this little skit, and they pretend they were trying to water it and do all this stuff. And somebody would walk in and say, what are you doing? Well, this plant seems to be dying. I'm gonna, I need to put some, give it some water, get some sunlight. And they were trying to nourish, and they were trying to, to really give, even give plant food. I mean, some of the skits got really elaborate about all the things they were doing, trying to get this dead plant to live. And the person who was standing there going, this is impossible. This is kind of ridiculous, because why are you trying to bring back to life a dead plant? You can give it all the water, you can get all the sunshine, all the, you can talk to it all day long. Because some people talk to their plants, and I've heard, you know, numerous occasions there's plants actually will respond to you talking to them. They will lean in to you. And hey, it, I don't, I'm not a, or, or a court, 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 I'm not a person that does, does, does uh, plants. I'm not going to even play with the word right now. But 
this illustration, they would do this to try to make this point. And it stuck with me that that plant can't come to life through all those means. And neither can unbelievers. We can try to teach them the Bible, teach them, you know, the memorized scripture. We can teach them the principles of the word of God. But until they are brought out of darkness into light, they can't see. In 2 Corinthians, it says, the God of this world has blinded the ungodly, has blinded them. They don't see. And somehow, somehow we expect unbelievers to believe the Bible, to believe God's word and live according to it when they don't have life. When we, when we trust Christ as our Savior, the Bible says we're transformed. We come out of darkness to light. I'm working on a series right now called Before and After. Like what actually, what was our condition before we got saved? And what is dramatic difference after we got saved? Those are diametrically opposed to each other. The Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins in Ephesians chapter 2. We were dead. We weren't just bad people. We weren't just, you know, not that great. We were dead. We were maggots. We were dirt. We were just the scum of the earth. We had no life whatsoever in that dead condition until God brought Christ and changed us. Until God drew us to himself through the Holy Spirit, drew us to Christ, and through him we have a new life. And I think we, we I don't, I don't believe that I believe that. I, I, don't, I don't think I really believe that in my practical life because the only transforming power is the gospel. That once they become life, once they become, they come out of that darkness into life, now they can start to see things clearly. Now think about your own life. If you are a child of God, if you've trust, placed your faith in Jesus Christ, and you can see that you now are a child of God, that your world has been changed. And it's not changed because you become a good person, because you become you begin to do certain things. It's because God saved you out of that darkness. You see the world differently. Today, me and my daughter were talking about, last night we were talking about the Bible, and she said she had a great uh, youth group last night. They had a great small group time of talking to with each other, asking questions, and it was, she's the best one she's had since she's been going to this church. And uh, we got to talking about the Bible, and she and she was saying in the group they were talking about how how can they build on the foundation that they have in God. And kids were saying helping other people, being nice, and you know. And Sophie's like, well, duh, read the Bible, <laughs> like reading the Bible. So I challenged her, like, are you reading the Bible? Am I reading the Bible? Am I really making this my daily habit of getting in the Word of God? And I think sometimes we overestimate how deep it's got to be. Like, I got to spend four hours in the Word of God. I need to open the scripture and let God speak to me. If he wants to speak to me for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that's up to God. But I'm going to place myself in position to hear from him. So we are talking about this scripture she brought up a couple of days. We saw a video about God, Jesus healing this blind man. The blind man, the disciples came and said, hey, was this man born blind because of his parents and or his sin? And Jesus said, no, because of God's glory. God was going to use this basically to glorify himself. So Jesus took some dirt, spit on it, put it in the guy's eye, go wash in the pool of Siloam, and he, was, he got to see again. And Sophia was talking about what it may have what it, what it been like for that guy to have never seen before, who was born blind, and now he's an adult, and he opened his eyes for the first time. What would that be like? What, what, what would you even call things that you see? And would you be afraid? Because you're seeing people for the first time with two eyes and, and a head and nose. You're seeing trees and birds and creatures crawling around. What would that be like? Seeing colors and that would just be just mind blowing. I mean, you'd have to step back and just learn everything as an adult that you that most of us grew up learning as we grew. Like what's that's an apple. That's an orange. Could you imagine 
He could, how's he going to ask for food now? Now he finally know what he's been eating. He can see what he's been eating. And I think about that. That's the exact same thing that happened to us once we trust Christ as our Savior. Once we come out of dark, we were dead. We didn't see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Save the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Blind, but now I see. And that comes through the power of gospel, the power of the gospel. When we trust Christ as our Savior, we are changed instantly. We are, we are new people. Now, when I got saved, I'm, I'm doing a sermon on this uh, coming up. I'm going to share my testimony, just my, my story. I call it God's story in the pages of my life. I'm sharing that. And I'm going to talk about the fact when I got saved at 13, I was truly saved. I, I, I was no longer that same person. Although that is true because of what Christ has done. I didn't experience all that. I, although it was true, I wasn't living that way. Kind of remind me of the guy who who won, who who was inherited millions and millions of dollars, and he didn't know it. So he kept living as a poor person the rest of his life, even though he was a millionaire. When I got saved, I became a mil, better than a millionaire, but I didn't know it. But as I look back, I start to see that gradual sanctification and growing in knowledge of who I am. But the fact that when I trusted Christ, I was changed. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, those in Christ are new creations. Behold, all things are past. Behold, all things become new. Those old things are gone behind. All things become new in Christ. That's what happens. We were blind to truth. We were dead to all the things of God. Um, the Bible says that we were children of the devil. That's who we were. But when we trust Christ, we become new creations. I love the analogy of the, the caterpillar and the butterfly. The fact that that caterpillar was on that leaf, just, just moseying along slowly and doing what caterpillars do could not fly, could not see the beauty of the world around him. He only could be right there in that one spot and he can get from leaf to leaf. I don't know how they get around. I know they on that leaf for a while. They may fall to the ground, but whatever they're getting, they're getting there slow. He's not going from here to downtown. He's not going from butterfly, uh, you know, a tree to tree or branch to branch. If he does, it's going to take him a long time. But once that caterpillar goes to that metamorphosis, he doesn't, he doesn't become a better person. He dies in that process and becomes the butterfly. He is now dead and he's made a new creation. That is us in Christ. We become new. And so how can we expect unbelievers to, 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 to know what's right and wrong? I mean, there's a sense of morality that I think our world has, but that's not that's not salvation. That's that's not that's not redemption. That's not seeing true the true light of what God wants and what God has created us to be. See, I believe this when we present the gospel. I think, you know, I was taught to start with sin, that we're all sinners and we've, we've done wrong. And I believe that we all are sin. The Bible says in Psalm 51, we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. I believe that. But I think there's something more powerful than sin. The fact that we were created an image of God to start there that I am an image bearer of the most high God, that you are an image bearer of the most high God. He made you for a purpose to bring himself glory, that the, that the creation will be, wow, look at those people God made. We're the pinnacle of his creation. But yet, that's how God made us, but we've fallen because of sin, and we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the issue. He made us for this. We fall into that. Therefore, he sent Christ to die for us that what he can redeem us to become what we were made to be his image bearers. And one day that will be perfect in, in, in all of his glory. But in the meantime, those who do who have fallen in sin are in sin. 
they're dead. They don't know the truth. They don't they haven't heard the gospel. They've rejected the gospel. And that leads to lifelong change. I didn't say lifelong perfection, because I think sometimes we believe that, hey, once somebody gets saved, they'll be perfect. The truth is they won't be because we aren't perfect in our current situation. Now, we are set apart. We're his. We are to be holy. We're set apart because he is holy, right? We're to live a different life. That's empowered by the Holy Spirit. But let me get back to believing the gospel. If we really believe that, we would preach the gospel more. I would preach the gospel more. I wouldn't try to reason people into coming to my church. But I'd stand flat foot and say, hey, let me tell you about this great news. Let me tell you about the gospel that can change your life, that if you believe this, your life will be changed for now and for eternity. What is what is Romans chapter one, verse 16 says? Uh, I don't want to misquote it. I'll read it to you. I'm reading out of the what Bible is this. I actually got a physical Bible in my hand for a change. <laughs> uh, Romans chapter one, verse 16 Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I don't want to misquote it. Like I said, Romans chapter, you hear the Bible pages turn. I miss that because I use my iPad so much. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It's not my... My, my ability to reason with you about God being real or about where, who, who did Adam, who did Cain marry? It's not my ability to, to reason all those things with you. I'm not saying those things aren't irrelevant. The Bible speaks to those things. But let's start with the gospel. Let's start with the fact that God made man and woman in his own image. But because of sin, of Adam and Eve, and because of our own sin, we fall into sin. And that sin separates us from a holy God who loves us, but he doesn't want us to be separated. He made us for himself. Therefore, he sent his perfect son, Jesus Christ, who came and died, who became sin. Romans chapter 5, no, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He made him, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made Jesus to be sin for us. He died. He became a curse for us on the cross so we could be his children to be saved to be set apart, to have our eyes open, the scales come off, that we can now walk in newness of life, the Bible says in Romans. So the idea is this. I'm going back to my questions. I'm trying not to make accusations, but I'm asking questions for us to reflect and apply and respond to these questions. Do you believe in the power of the gospel? Do I believe in the power of the gospel? That that is the answer for humanity that we come out of darkness to light and start to see things differently and see things, see, see things sometimes for the first time about how life is supposed to be. And, and there's so much in the gospel. Now, again, I'm going to do that series before and after because once we trust Christ, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. and He's, a, he's our seal. He seals us till the day of redemption that he is with us. And now I see life so differently. And that, that's a beautiful thing. So back to the questions I end this podcast. Do you believe in the power of the gospel? Do I truly believe in the power of the gospel? And if I do, what will I do differently? How will I approach these arguments that people have about all the topics and situations and things that we see in our world? How will I, if I really believed in the gospel, will that change how I approach my issue to racism, social justice, to transgender, LGBTQ, abortion, how, how, how my, in my conversations with people who don't know Christ and we can disagree on these, these topics and argue back and forth and I forget their greatest need is the gospel. 
because I'm trying to get their minds open to the reason. And some of that reason can be good. I get that. But it's not the power until salvation, because if I am right about a particular subject and they're wrong and they say, yeah, you're right. Now what? Yay, you win. You're right. Your argument is right. But if that person doesn't know Christ, did I really win the battle or win the war, so to speak? Because I, I think sometimes I forget that we're in war for the souls of human beings, that, that we're in war to redeem, that Satan is trying to blind. He's blinding them. I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that the God of this world is blinded the, the, the minds, that they can't see this glorious gospel. So these people don't see the truth. They're like that, that, that man that Jesus came to who did, could not see. He was blind from birth. And the only way he could see was through the power of Jesus Christ. And our application is the gospel. So again, as I end, as most preachers end their passage, their sermons four or five times, question for me and for you. Do we believe that the gospel, the power of the gospel to change lives? Do we believe in that message? Do we believe in the power of the gospel message? And if we do, how will we change or do things differently or continue the same thing if we believe in the gospel? Hey, thanks for joining me for this episode of Connecting Faith and Life, Mr. Brown. I hope this is the practical idea of connecting our faith. If we really, truly believe in the power of the gospel, how will we apply that to our everyday life and our arguments, our relationships, our friends, our families, our frenemies, our enemies, all those people who may not know Christ and how will believing in the power of the gospel change some of those relationships? Again, thank you for joining us. If you want more information about what we do at Proclaim Ministries, check us out at ProclaimMinistries.com.